From yoga and Ayurveda living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. This is series five. Yoga and Ayurveda recommend. But since this is all coming from me, it's really things that I recommend. And first, I just wanted to recommend one book. And just so you know, these might be shorter episodes for this series, mainly because I have a lot going on in the background. Uh, something I'm very excited to bring forward, so that will be announced once it's ready and out. But I did want to give you some ideas to explore, even though the list is on my website, yogaayurvedaliving.com, but you can find it at thedoshalife.com. I really doubted using Yoga Ayurveda Living because it is so long, but it really explains what I'm trying to do with this work, with the podcast, with everything I do, to try and live in balance as much as I can with who I am, with where I find my truth. And so in that vision, that large vision that I see, I would also wish that for you, because I know the difference from my past to my present, and that although we are asked in yoga and Ayurveda to remain very present, it doesn't mean we cannot have a vision. It actually means we can envision the life ahead that we would share with others. So the book I'm going to recommend was the excerpt that I used in the meditation yesterday. And this book is called The Strands of Eternity from Vasan Lad, a lifelong Ayurveda yoga practitioner. But he's mainly a, a doctor of Ayurveda. Um, I have always had an affinity towards him. And he does come to the UK every year, except for last year he didn't. And so he runs workshops and things like that. If you want to see an Ayurvedic doctor in action, this book, Strands of Eternity, I, it's actually, I probably have to get a new copy because I have used it so often for my own practice, but also to share with my students, to recommend to them to use little excerpts in our practice, to give them a focus, to give myself a focus. One of the things, if you have ever been to a consultation in Ayurveda, is that we need consistency for something to change or to build on something to the aspect of awakening, as in what we would call in Ayurveda, lifting into, lifting into the higher mind. Okay, so maybe I'll reverse a bit. So there is the lower mind, which, which is kind of our personality mind. It's where we live most of the time. It's also the, the very reactionary, the fight or flight. And then there's a point where most of us 
find some wisdom. Even at the age of three, we learn that things that are hot, we stay away from. And so the three-year-old is slowly ascending in their mind and moving into discernment of certain things. Certain experiences help us to build our discernment or our wisdom. One of the things that really builds this easier is using meditation as a point of central focus throughout the day. This means that of all the practices that can be of use, reducing our excessive overthinking is what mantra or repetitive phrase is for. Because when we're overthinking, the overthinking is the personality mind trying to fix things, change things, not want to be with things, wanting to escape or reverse. And often these are very necessary as well. But through daily life that isn't going through trauma, it's better to reduce our overthinking mind and come into points of stillness or calmness and what really helps is repetitive phrase. So this book can be used as a place of repetitive phrase use. So just one excerpt from yesterday's practice that could be repeated in your mind over and over. Each person creates his or her own drama. You create your own universe out of desire. Do you sort of get like a negative connotation in that initially? Is it saying that desire is a negative? Is it saying that it, it isn't a good thing for us? Because drama makes us feel that something is negative. And generally drama is excess of emotion and thought process, or that's where it comes from. If you think of when you go on to watch something on television and you know it's a drama or not, excuse me, just, oh. whether it's a drama or a murder mystery, you know drama is going to be something that is going to evoke emotion in us. And what we're trying to do is not leave our emotions behind, but to help them be less dominant so that we have clearer thought processes throughout any given day. What this phrase, I feel, means is the first part of it is the most important. Each person creates his own or her own drama. That means that we don't even have to have that word running as a stream of thought. That means that we don't even have to have drama as a part of our life journey if we don't create drama. So by choosing to revert to a repetitive phrase rather than going through a scenario that happened five years ago and repeating it in your mind, why didn't this happen, why didn't that happen? Or even yesterday or today or this morning or why did I put butter on my toast? I should have used maybe no butter on my toast. <laughs> It can be anything. Whatever we do, I know I repeat it so often, but whatever we do will actually help us to free our mind up and really listen to the core knowledge 
of our life force, or it will reduce the possibility of finding that core knowledge. This world is a drama, it's a play. So this life, depending on how we live it, it can be something soothing or something dramatic. And I really like that analogy that Shakespeare has also used, where we can pick the characters that we play. You know, it's like going into the wardrobe and choosing what jumper you're going to wear that day. Because the clothes, what we wear to the outer world, can help us to become that person. So if you wear a lot of yoga gear and you practice yoga ethics, you probably are a yoga practitioner. <laughs> I don't know what Ayurveda people wear, actually. I wear a lot of jumpers. I need to buy some new jumpers, to be honest, but I haven't been to a shop in so long. <laughs> but it is to know that we can choose. We can flip and flop between, and I, I definitely know this really well, where one moment I'm really thinking of something that happened and upset me, and then the next thing I decide, that's over, that drama is done. The pain that we live with is often another new way of navigating through our life. It doesn't mean it's comfortable. And for those that are living with physical pain or emotional trauma, then this pain is seeking out ways to be expressed, finding safe ways to live with this pain that creates a sense of self-care, of compassion and kindness. For the majority of us, we are truly blessed that the things we have survived are generally a part of life, that all things change is the one thing we can be certain of. And we all really know change is difficult. Change can be made easier by using a repetitive phrase. And it's the repetitive phrases I have found over 20 years of learning about them, that they have been a life-changing practice. What's funny, though, is that I, I know over all those years that I would have a repetitive phrase going in my mind, and then when something happened, I'd just completely give it up. I'm just like, that's too tiring. I want to live in the drama. <laughs> I want to be angry. I want to be sad. I want to be extremely happy. Um, and, and so the repetitive phrase just goes out the window. It's completely forgotten. And then it's like a week later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that. And then I come back to write, I prefer this, this quieter life, this easier living. And this is known as when you start using more mantra, this is known as right living. It doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> I always find that some of the phrases can be kind of funny. Um, as we, we move into right living, all that means is that we are making choices consistently that lead us to li listening to our truth. And you know you're starting to really hear your natural rhythm 
when making a decision on a weekend of what to do when suddenly you're like so busy and then you get bored and you really listen to it and you know that there's something you can do to nourish you and there's also something that you can do that could aggravate you or deplete you and in listening to that truth acknowledging it and perhaps making the cho choice to do something that might deplete you or tire you out or you know maybe I don't know for me my life is quite quiet so um, I would expect maybe going for dinner would be something that I would find could challenge me but <laughs> I also know that probably I, I could do with going out too so it's really listening to what will work for you and having the compassion that we are living in this modern world and we're only sailors navigating the universe that we have made ourselves and it all comes back to that each of us have created this life those that have had traumas and chronic illness their karmas have come from either someone else or through generations at least that is my understanding of it I find that when I think of my history, my past, through my families, mother and father, that they also had their own karmas and there was a lot of isms in the family. So for me it is to acknowledge those chronic imbalances that have come through the family and their coping me mechanisms that are created. So if you have a karmic behaviors running through families and generations, you also have a propensity towards that imbalance. And when we come to really look at our ancestry, this is the beginning of that healing, of the understanding of the compassion for the past, and then to also let go and cut the strings of that one imbalance. We're not cutting the strings of our history, but cutting the strings of the imbalance, cutting that root cause that we feel depletes us. And maybe it's just the thinking process around pain or around an imbalance. And maybe it's allowing healing to come in. I don't know. I'm really lucky I don't have chronic pain. But you can give me any feedback. I do know for myself and for others that have been using repetitive phrases that it really can help. That each person creates his or her own drama, which means we all have the capacity to live the life we want to create. One of my most favorite sayings, I have it on a lot of things I have written. So this is thousands and thousands of years old. And this comes from the Upanishads. I think it comes from the Brihandaranyaka Upanishad. And so the Upanishads are the ancient sacred texts. So they're 
spiritual leanings, spiritual lessons, delving into the secrets, the basis of yoga and Ayurveda. You are what your deep <laughs> you are what your deep driving desire is. As your desire is, so is your will. As your will is, so is your deed. As your deed is, so is your destiny. And I find that's exactly what Shakespeare was saying. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time plays many parts. And as we all live our parts through our lives and through the Ayurveda perspective, we have childhood, we have the middle of our life, and then we have the wisdom life. The middle of our life is our active life, where we try to build on the four goals of life and finding the deepest goodness within those four goals of life. Remember, there's enjoyment, which really is based on deep abiding goodness. There is prosperity or wealth, which really is living our health and our right to have the basic things of life. And then there is finding and pursuing living the Dharma, our life purpose. It does not mean that that's our job. So that's in one of the episodes of last season. And the last then is our liberation, the letting go of the, I sort of think of liberation as peeling the banana. And the first three actually help for liberation to arrive, for it to show up, for it to be seen. And so getting older, if we are lucky enough to, often we find that we are ready to let go of certain things and that we have discovered the true meaning of wealth in our life. We have discovered the deepest enjoyment in life. And we have found perhaps what it is that we can do that serves others and helps us grow. When we use repetitive phrases that uplift our own heart, we find that the past no longer is so dominant. And one of the phrases I would recommend as a repetitive phrase would be either metta or the prayer known as St. Francis of Assisi's, but I'm not really sure that it is by him. Both of those are closely related to silencing the mind, to offering our kindness out into the wider world. And if there's one thing I could recommend, it definitely is finding that space in your life to nourish your heart and to find ways to recommend things to other people can often do that without a lot of work. Thank you for joining me today. That was a bit all over the place, but I just wanted to offer out something that would help all of us as the world continues to be a little bit confused and upset in all varying emotions that if you try the repetitive phrase so repetitive phrase work is very much about 
learning it, memorizing the phrase, whatever you choose, learning it off, practicing it every day, and then so that anytime you realize that you're overthinking or thinking of things that disrupt you or hurt you or cause severe pain, then going into the repetitive phrase because that releases you from the personality mind's attachment to the pain. And that is a part of the process that pain gives us. And pain has been described as unspoken anger. And when we reconcile with what this pain brings up in us, we can release the anger. And when we release the anger, we can fill it with kindness because something has changed within us that has dug a hole and it's been filled with pain and anger and as we allow it to open to take the cap off slowly to let it release in its own timing the repetitive phrase can encourage it to be filled to take up that space those are all just small energetic ideas that yoga and Ayurveda are absolutely full with. And so thank you for joining me. Sorry, I did say that already. but <laughs> yeah, I think this series is going to be a bit of a wibbly-wobbly wonder. <laughs> um, okay, I look forward to chatting to everyone in the next episode. And I've started something new. You can buy me a coffee if you go to the show notes. You will find a little link and there's a way to support the podcast. It will be really appreciated, but I appreciate you whether or not. Here you will find Monday's meditations, Tuesday's episodic series, Friday's relaxations, interviews with very cool people. There's spiels from Kelly, that's me, on bits that she forgot to say, very normal, or has to say. And Kelly's own are surprise bits and things that you need to know. If you want to help, the best thing to do is download the episodes. Subscribe, follow, rate, review. All help. Thank you to everyone listening. And let me know if you received anything from this that helped you. I thank the Vidyas who have opened my mind and helped me to bring this information to a wider, loving audience. But for now, I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.